Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. A couple announcements before we start. Bing, bing, bing. We are both on Crime Lines this week. We had so much fun talking to Charlie. Make sure you're subscribed to Crime Lines. Yes. We talked about that crazy murder from the episode something chemistry, bad chemistry. Bad chemistry in Clovis, California. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, in Clovis. But thank you, Charlie, for having us on. We had such a good time. Yeah. And also, I'm on Surviving Sister Wives. Yes. Uh, and I had an amazing time talking about how much I hate Mary because of the wet bar. I still haven't gotten over it. So, I mean, it's more you. than just the wet bar, right? No, it's mostly the wet part. No, it's a lot of other things. That really set the stage. But thank you to Corey and Carly for having me on. And I will come back anytime. Love, love, love hating the show. Love your podcast. (laughs) Hate the actual show, Sister Wives. And also, happy Pride Month to all of our listeners. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. How do you do the? Happy Pride. (laughs) That was because of shooting out rainbow confetti. That was funny that you were going toot toot toot. I thought toot, you were maybe. Toot, toot. I thought you were maybe like the pride train. What's, <laughs> I didn't. I don't know exactly. I thought you were trying to do maybe. I was thinking of like a float. Maybe you were thinking of yeah. Maybe I was on a float. Yeah. Sure. I'm on like a float. I'm on, I'm a, on float. a float. This episode is a repeat because Dateline was very very sad. So this episode that we're doing is consumed. Much like the bag of Cheetos and a lactate that I had earlier. You have to have a lactate to eat Cheetos? <laughs> I guess so. So this Does Cheetos is... have milk in them? Cheese. It's not real cheese, though, in Cheetos. Some it's chemical. It's chemical cheese. I would actually like to know how much real cheese product is in a bag of Cheetos. I, don't, I bet it's not even listed in the ingredients. I'm guessing it's 0.04%. That sounds right. Interesting. Okay. Press on. This is season 24, episode 37, April 8th, 2016, hosted by the king of bluntness who makes my whole day and life, Dennis Murphy. Thank you for giving me a Dennis twofer. I appreciate I, you picking two Dennises in a row. He because was so he, extra last time that I had to do another one. He's so he's funny. He's great in this one, too. He's so delight. Does he not just sort of grow on you like the Spanish moss every time? May- it feels like home when I'm with Dennis. Yeah. Not that I don't love our other hosts. Trust me. They know I love them. Yeah. But I'm really in a Dennis kick lately. I appreciate that. So we're in Kentucky. I don't remember the last time we had a dateline. I don't think there's been many datelines in Kentucky. Good for you, Where- Kentucky. I was also but, in Kentucky today. So where are we in Kentucky? Ped- Paducah? We're in McCracken County, which is funny. Oh, no, it's far from me. But I, what I was saying was there haven't been a lot of datelines in Kentuckys that I can that think That seems of. weird to me. It does. I'm going to say that. And I was like that. oddly proud of Kentucky. And then I realized there's a whole lot of other stuff going on in Kentucky. I've done a lot of driving through New Mexico. And I thought that when I was driving through New Mexico... We should have more New Mexico datelines. Yeah, there haven't. I just think there's less people there, so less datelines. I saw people. <laughs> so this is the story of Keith and Lois. No, I almost just said Lois Griffith because in my head I read Griffin like Family Guy. That's really sad. This is the story of Keith and Julie Griffith, and I should make special note because 
every time there is an episode where one of the main people has the name of another host of Dateline, a couple people get a little bit confused, which says to me, they're not paying close enough attention to my recaps. Oh, so it's their fault. You're it's fine. their fault. Yeah. So cool. just to that's clarify, a, <laughs> Dennis is the host of this one, but the main guy's name is Keith. Okay. We're all clear. Okay. Thanks, mom. Keith and Julie were church-going high school sweethearts. They had two grown sons, Aaron and Zach. When they became empty nesters, they joined a motorcycle class through their church. What is a motorcycle class? What is a church motorcycle class? Very confused. I've heard of a motorcycle club. Do they not want to say gang? And so they're saying (laughs) class? A motorcycle church gang slash class. Called God's Angels. Not Hell's Angels. There we go. By the way, TM, if that's not taken, by the way. Great idea. Come at me, First Assembly Church. I'm (laughs) TMing that right now. Everybody loved Keith. We also learned that everybody loved Julie. So a double everybody loved everybody. Uh Keith was a traveling lawnmower salesman, which is a profession I did not know existed and have a lot of questions about. Does he go door to door or to some sort of company does he have to provide samples of lawnmowers with him does he just ride up with a caravan of lawnmowers to show them to people or does he just show them a catalog i don't understand how it works can he come to my house because i don't have a lawnmower and apparently that's something you have to do here if you have a lawn or you get in trouble so (laughs) can he come to my house i mean it'd probably just be easier to go to home depot no we did oliver got a rechargeable lawnmower. Love it. Does it have a USB charger? Yeah, I, it charges to the wall. I feel like it doesn't work. I'm not going to lie. It was not an expensive lawnmower. And <laughs> in my experience, lawnmowers cost a lot of money. So when it wasn't a lot of money and he wasn't like stressed, because normally that's like a purchase, you know? Yeah. I was like, oh, no, this is going to be like the many, many Dirt Devil vacuums I have bought on Amazon because I refuse to spend spend more than a certain amount for a vacuum right. and they break within four months every right. time yeah i've made but i consistently make the mistake i understand we're gonna get you a dyson next time i feel like keith might sell dyson lawnmowers i'm saying he might sell the tesla of lawnmowers is what Keith yeah. might do but again doesn't need a sample normally a door-to-door salesman has samples but maybe that's not what traveling salesman <gasps> means in this oh, case oh, yeah if he goes to companies he doesn't go to home to home he goes like how people that go... Uh, like a pharmaceutical work, rep. That's exactly what I'm talking about. People that work in not even pharmaceuticals, but medical equipment. And they go and show the hospitals like this is the new machine for this, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. He does mm-hmm. that with lawnmowers. So he's going to Lowe's and places, you know, Harbor Freight Tools, wherever. I don't know if they sell lawnmowers there. You know what I'm talking about. Interesting. I still have a lot of questions. So okay. Me too. when... Keith traveled, Julie was home alone, but she wasn't scared because they lived in a nice neighborhood with their great Dane, Cleo, who likes to sit like a person in her photo. Who is as big as a person in her photo. Mm -hmm. Those are massive dogs. I need to do a warning here. Well, we all know what's about to happen. Since I'm doing a warning. Yeah, because they're mentioning the dog early and they're focusing on her for too long. Oh, you knew. Oh, I knew Um, immediately. And we're not seeing a current interview with the dog. No. (laughs) Come on, that was funny. It was very good. We've seen so many datelines, right? That you know when they spend just a a couple extra seconds. 
Yeah. And you're like, something's about to... And we know from the opening shots what's going to happen here. We know there's a disaster, not just a murder. And so... You know that website, doesthedogdie.com? <laughs> and you can go and before you watch a movie or something, you can go and look at like, does this have something that triggers me? And it has a whole bunch of categories of things that trigger you, including animal deaths. That needs to be there for Datelines as well. I don't know if Datelines on there should be. Or this podcast should be. So every episode trigger. Kimberly and Katie just aren't funny and that triggers me. Trigger one. <laughs> but they think they are, which is even worse. <laughs> Double, Double trigger. triggered. Son Aaron and his wife Allie had two kids. And when Allie went into labor for the second time, Julie drove her to the hospital so fast that she became NASCAR Nana. She's a very Aww, cute nickname. That's cute. And she was saying things like, I imagine her accent would be like, keep your legs crossed. Don't have a baby in my car. You keep your legs crossed back there. Don't you be going having no baby in my car, honey. (laughs) I love it. In 2013, Keith had weight loss surgery and lost 100 pounds. But he gained the weight of many problems, which was, (laughs) I don't know, that was super clunky. That was Uh, really funny. No, I didn't know where you were going. I liked it. He gained the weight of the world. Life. Life. Yeah. His son, Zach, revealed to his very conservative religious parents that he was gay. And I swear I did not pick this episode on purpose because of Pride Month. Oh, I he for his... sure thought you did. No. The not minute. Oh. He and his mom stopped talking and she kind of had a problem with this. But after a while they were having a reconciliation. They kind of hung out and there was hope that they could eventually become best friends again because they were really close. So he had all Good. this hope on the horizon that they were going to become close. Good. Let this be a lesson to all the parents out there. Life is short. Your child is your child. Make sure they know that you love and accept them. Because before they could work out their relationship, there was a deadly fire at Keith and Julie's house. And unfortunately, the firefighters discovered that Julie's remains are in the house. Keith was away on business at the time, selling tractors. Lawnmowers. Lawnmowers. Son Zach was devastated because he had knew that with time they would have gotten to be best friends again, and now they didn't have it. And the family dogs, Cleo and Daisy, had died in the fire. Oh, my God. Why did I pick this episode? I'm done. Can't do this show anymore. Bye. Bye, everybody. Hope you enjoyed. This is a really funny episode of A Date with Dateline. Apparently, Keith was wandering around the property when he found when he came back and when he saw the fire and was wanting to save the fish in the koi pond in the backyard. Save that tidbit for later. They thought that it was the new heating and air unit that had been dis- installed just days before. But then the medical examiner found a bullet in Julie's remains. And the deputy coroner says a projectile. And Dennis says a bullet. And I was glad that he clarified because I'm an idiot. And I would have been like a frisbee, an arrow, a paper airplane. <laughs> I didn't know like it. A bullet. Do they tell us now when the where the fire started? In the master bedroom. Which is where Julie is found. Yes. I feel like that's important too. Yeah. That it was that she is found where the fire originated. Yes. Also, I don't know about you, but do heating and cooling I'm ducts... I'm feeling 22. Do he, 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 heating and cooling ducts normally, are those normally installed in the primary bedroom? No, it was installed outside the house. So but 
connected to that wall. It exploded into... Okay. It was for sure connected to that, to the primary bedroom wall? Yeah. I didn't remember that. Okay, I thought I was being very sleuth, sleuthy, and I was just being stupidy. Okay, press on. <laughs> press on. Just go. The coroner finds several bullet wounds in her. It's mm. so sad, but yeah, it's really sad. There, I thought there maybe be a silver lining there that I could find, but Dennis says, "No, it's to- awful." And she's found just lying on the the ground by the bed so she wasn't what I was in the bed going for is like she didn't die in the fire she died no. from a bullet but i feel like that's terrible to say so i probably can't say that i don't think i think you can say that because i think everybody thinks that i think a fire okay. is a particularly heinous thing right yeah fire and drowning are kind of considered these two yeah although i really think you you die a lot from smoke in- inhalation first before which is in incredibly case- painful there we go. And so I think in this case, what everyone is hoping and thinking is that she had already passed before mm-hmm. the fire started, which is the case for this. Right. For those children, for Aaron and Zach, I'm hoping they found some sort of, right. okay, this wasn't, you know. Hopefully it was very quick. That's yeah. what we're all trying to say and saying poorly. Dennis, so, well, we are podcasters. It's our job to say things poorly. Say things poorly? I just way too long. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis says to the detective, Detective Carter, I'm guessing your day changed a lot when you found out about that. The detective smiles because he had thought it was a fire and then it's now a homicide. So Detective Carter thinks that it was maybe a burglary gone bad. There have been several burglaries in surrounding areas. And the family and friends think, yes, that has to be it because no one who knew Julie would have done this to her. But there are two safes that were untouched in the house a ton of guns that were not stolen, and Julie's purse is still there. So it's probably someone she knows. Put a pin in the guns. Yeah, so many guns. Put a pin in that. Okay. Because that becomes kind of important, and we're it, it's not mentioned again, but I will mention it. Okay. Again. Husband Keith tells the police about the new heating system, and they say, that's a great idea, Keith, but it was foul play. And he says, okay, like exactly how I said it. Actually, we don't think it was an accident. We think she was murdered. Okay. It was actually one of the things I circled and starred and wrote out because the lack of surprise was kind of jarring. It was. It, he didn't, he sort of slumped over and he just sort of nods and is like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that would be, I was waiting for Dennis to be on a, this would be a jaw drop moment or whatever right. Dennis is going to say, <laughs> his little colloquialism here, because it really a- appears to be also... We do get the interview with his two friends, Craig and Temple. Craig yeah. Temple? No, yeah. Yeah. The, and Craig and Temple Bradley. I don't feel like I, I feel like I got more of a reaction from them than we got in his moment. And when they're recounting act- it from years earlier. Years. Yeah. How surprised they were that she was actually, it was foul play. Yeah. It's kind of bizarre. I believe that we've seen people on Dateline more surprised who dis? New head, who dis? Well, <laughs> certainly I was more surprised by Dennis, new head, who dis. But I was thinking I was going to say something really mundane. I've acted more surprised when McDonald's has told me that their soft serve machine isn't working. Oh, yes. Because it happens all the time. Oh, I shouldn't it's... even be surprised. Yet I'm more surprised than Keith. It's 80% of the time. Yeah. Keith tells the police that Julie was his best friend. They got along great. Again, they've been married for 36 years. 
He says he was at a hotel all night for a business trip. Um, I don't know. Did you see what was coming? I did. Hotel, um, in quotes, business trip. Right. In quotes. But that's not exactly what, well, you're on the right track, but not, I don't know how to say this. I knew Something there was a shady. different kind of foul play happening. Right. Yeah. We actually, he left the hotel a couple times. He went to go get a drink at 11 p.m., a quick drink, like a nightcap. And then at 4 a.m., he went out for a donut and a Coke because he doesn't sleep a lot. I did like him more at that moment. <laughs> I wrote down donut and Coke here because that seemed that, that seems your right style. to me. Yeah. That's definitely my style. If I, and also you're... not sleeping a lot is my style. So it that totally. seems, seems right. If your diet consists of 4 a.m. donuts and Coke. Don't judge me. You might want to try AG1 by Athletic Greens. I yes. started taking AG1 because I wanted more energy, better digestion, to sleep better, and because the vitamins that my dietitian recommended for me are the size of the handle of an electric toothbrush. They are too big. She got, she took out life insurance on me, and she wants me to choke. Don't take those happening. without someone else in the room. I'm terrified yeah. for you. Don't just, No, just go with Athletic Greens. I would much rather drink something yummy. AG1 is just a scoop of 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole-source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. You want your nails to grow? It's got biotin. Are you worried about scurvy? It's got vitamin C. Worried about your riboflavin? It's got riboflavin. And it's so much cheaper than buying all of the different vitamins individually because vitamins cost an obscene amount of money. CVS should keep them behind that locked glass. No joke. Also, you can feel good about supporting Athletic Greens because they're a climate-neutral certified company. Yes. And for Yay. every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious foods to kids in need. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash datedateline. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash datedateline to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance, which is way better than life insurance that's going to get you murdered. Absolutely. Thank you, Athletic Greens. Katie, let's talk about your boobs. Again? They look amazing. I know why. I have a very specific sponsor to thank for that. Are you tired of bras that don't fit small chests? I'm just going to ask the question outright. Look, for my sister and myself, the quest for a bra that fits correctly has been a lifelong mission and something that has hooked us together in our struggle. Mm. No more. Pepper is here. Pepper bras are designed for small-chested women with AA to B cups. They're founded by women, and Pepper bras provide the perfect fit and flattering lift with no more cup gaps. And if you have a small chest, you know what a cup gap is, and you know that it's evil. We could never figure out why bras from some of the major brands just never really fit correctly. Or if they did, they were uncomfortable, and they made your chest look somewhat odd in a t-shirt. <laughs> well, did you know that the industry standard for bras was designed for a 36C? 
Clearly, there was a big cup gap in the bra market, which was why Pepper's All You Bra was 470% funded on Kickstarter when they launched, and why customers love Pepper. It's the bra that sold out 15 times last year. 15 times. In total, Pepper has sold 1 million bras. Pepper has over 12,000 five-star reviews, and Pepper has been featured in BuzzFeed, Oprah Daily, Glamour, CNN, NBC, and Pop Sugar. Look, women love Pepper because for many of them, this is the first bra in their lifetime that actually fits. And the first time in my life that I've seen my sister in a bra not held together by a safety pin. (laughs) Pepper is all about body positivity, just like we are here at A Date with Dateline. And their products are designed to make you feel empowered and love your body just as it is. Pepper's mission is to inspire women to embrace the flat and flattering with bras that celebrate the body you have. Small-chested women of the world unite. And now you can try Pepper risk-free with free U.S. shipping and returns on orders over $99. If you are a proud card-carrying member of the IBTC, then embrace the flat and flattering with bras that celebrate your body exactly as it is. Get 20% off your first order when you go to wearpepper.com forward slash date. That's W-E-A-R pepper dot com slash date to get 20% off your first order. W-E-A-R pepper dot com slash date. Terms apply. Available at wearpepper.com forward slash terms. Make feeling salty about ill-fitting bras a thing of your past and pepper your future with bras that actually fit. Thank you, Pepper. Nice. So the detective starts looking through Keith's phone. And as he's looking, Keith gets a text message. Or as Dennis says, ping, up comes a text message. From a Deanna James, which for some reason sounds to me like an adult film star. Maybe it's because the Janes is spelled J-A-Y-N-E-S. I don't know. Oh, I didn't even know there was an S. I wrote Deanna Jane. I thought it was like Erica Jane from The Housewives. That's fine, too. Hmm. So the text says, did you get home okay? Or did you get home okay? That text could mean a thousand things depending on your intonation. Did it say, did you get home okay or did you make it home okay? I think get home okay. I feel like get home okay and make it home okay are also two very different things. Interesting. Did you make it home okay? Yeah. Did you get home okay? Now say the second one, but with the first intonation. Did you get home okay? (laughs) But then when you say, did you make it home okay? That doesn't sound right. You never say make it in the first intonate in that sort of downward intonation. I'm so now I'm more confused than ever. You keep talking. I'm going to fast forward in the episode and see if it's get home okay or make it home okay. (laughs) So Keith says, oh, no, um, Deanna is just a platonic friend. She's more like a guy friend. And I rolled my eyes at that because I'm assuming. What does that mean? It's gender. It's that's bad gendered language. Oh, okay, right. But more I was rolling my eyes because we all know those girls that are like, I'm just a guy's girl. I love to eat nachos and fart and watch football. I'm not like a normal girl. And I don't have a lot of girlfriends because they're all drama. So I'm friends with only guys. And let me give everybody a heads up right now. Those girls are trouble. They are. (laughs) But what I was more concerned with, I'm assuming this woman- They're also lying. Yeah, they're terrible. Yeah. Don't trust them. 
Don't um, trust that. But I'm yeah. assuming this Deanna is like Keith's age. Keith is like 50s. I thought that women in their 50s had grown out of that sort of 20s, 30s BS of I'm just a guy's girl, but apparently not. So stop. He is just saying that. You're right. Deanna is not actually like that. Do not come for her. She No. No. Deanna is actually not like that. I think she has a lot of girlfriends. He's saying that to try to throw the detective Carter right. off the scent. Yes. He, and he does it as a throwaway, too. Oh, no. She's just like one of the guys. Yeah. So the detective goes to talk to Deanna. She reveals that she's not just a guy friend and not just a text friend. She tells police and Dennis that Keith wanted her to love him, which is a very strange thing to say about someone you are in a relationship with. But that well, is how their relationship was. I was very surprised. I was expecting her them to be in a full-blown relationship. They, they are not. They are in a no. very one-sided relationship. Correct. So mm. they first met at a vendor fair, which I was like, oh, for lawnmowers? Does this help explain? This is a piece of the puzzle that explains traveling lawnmower salesmen. She was the CEO of an IT company that was at the convention for lawnmowers. I was very confused. Anyways, he was a road warrior lawnmower salesman. Ah, I forgot Dennis said that. That's not me. Dennis said road warrior lawnmower salesman. And what does that mean? Did he have really good numbers? I don't know. I think it was just he means always he was on closing the road a lot. No, I don't think lawnmowers are for closers. No, I think that he's like a road warrior. It's like somebody who's out there on the road a lot traveling. Doing what? I need, I'm going to need somebody to touch in with us on yeah. this. We, we're going to need some confirmation on the lawnmower salesman. And forgive my ignorance. I hope I have not offended the traveling lawnmower sales person community at large this sounds like a niche i just need to we don't know anybody that does this so we yeah. need some more information so you don't have to sell lawnmowers if you sell tractors if you sell any kind of large outdoor equipment trampolines and but you're and traveling travel, yeah can you call in yeah she was the ceo of an it company and he was a road warrior lawnmower salesman who had a booth there so i guess he would have samples of lawnmowers at the convention, right? At his booth, you would think? Or does he still just have a catalog with glossy photos? Unsure. Anyways, no, he, not Of course important. he had. No, he definitely had m multiple machines, multiple mowers. But then he has to drive some sort of big trailer to pull those, you know? Maybe I'm picturing huge lawnmowers and they were the kind, they were push mowers. Much the kind smaller. that I got. The one that plugs into the wall. That so looks he just like put a, him in the back of his Camry and he's fine. We did it. So Keith noticed Deanna right away at this convention of IT and lawnmower crossover. They went to dinner. <laughs> they bonded over having grown kids, which I found. Deanna makes it seem like they had so much in common because they bonded over having grown kids. And I thought a lot of people have grown kids. Let me introduce you to Bob and Joni. But I, I'm hoping they bonded over more than that. He wanted a relationship. She wanted to be just friends. Then he sent her a text a while later that said, did you cast a spell on me? How long a while? A couple weeks, I think. Oh, okay. So not that long. All right. It, did you cast a spell on me? Cheesy? Yes. Yeah. Red flag? 
Yes. He's hung up on her. He said, I was at a party and a woman was chatting me up and all I could think about was you. First of all, who was this woman that was chatting you up? I need to see the receipts on that. Is there video footage? Because I don't believe that that happened. Good for you. No, I'm really glad you don't believe it because it's really (laughs) clearly a lie and I was really worried you were going to just take him at his word on it. And it's not true. So that's a very clever thing that he's doing to be like, number one, drop that somebody was hitting on him at a party. Totally. Yeah. To make you interested. And then also to be like, but all I could think of was you. And I'm surprised he didn't say this beautiful woman was chatting me up. Right. Maybe he had a supermodel. Heidi Klum was hitting on me. I'm sure he had this attractive woman, blah, 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 and then deleted attractive because he felt like it was too far. He wrote that text four times. Yeah. (laughs) And then this was the final draft. Yeah. So Deanna fell for it and she agreed to start seeing him for dinners. And it he was super excited to show off his weight loss surgery. Oh, so I guess it had been a few months because he had since lost a ton of weight from weight loss surgery. This was over, I think, a year is what I'm trying to get at. I don't think it they, was that long. No, well, they met before he had the surgery. And then right. he had the surgery. And you don't lose the weight in two weeks. So it had no. to be at least a couple months later. Yeah. Because he had lost 100 pounds, right? Yes. You don't lose 50 pounds a month, do you? No, but I don't think he had lost all of the 100 pounds. Oh, no, he had lost the 100 pounds. He had. So so I'm d- saying this has been like over some time. She yeah, was you're just right. in his mind. Yeah. So he was excited to show off his weight loss surgery, his weight loss. And Dennis says to Deanna, did he look okay? And Deanna says, he looked fine. <laughs> I think he was more confident. So... Two things. Aww. It could have been Dennis's intonation, the way he said, okay. Like, he didn't mean, did he physically look, like, attractive? It sounded kind of like he meant, did he look healthy or something? Like, oh, or did he look sick or something? Yeah. It, and she maybe read it like that, and that's why she's saying he looked fine. Or she's just really not that into him at all. She's like, not. It's <laughs> number two. Like, he looked fine. She's very nice about it, but it's very obvious that just he's not her cup of tea. Yeah. So Keith started what we would call love bombing her. And he's sending her notes and flowers and gifts. And she was saying, this is all too much. You really need to slow down. I'm not there yet. And something was holding her back. And part of one of the things that was bothering her was that Keith had said he was divorced, but he seemed to talk about his ex a lot or seemed to be too connected with his ex. So mm-hmm. she tells police all of this. She says, we were dating, but we were never intimate. And he was also looking at long term and future in their relationship and was actually looking into buying them a house. Dude, you haven't even been intimate. And I don't even like saying intimate. She's not that into you. So the detective tells Deanna he wasn't really divorced. He was married to his high school sweetheart of 36 years and were investigating the murder of his wife. And she is shocked. And they really believe genuinely she had no idea that she wasn't in on it. They don't think she was involved at all. They think Mm. Keith is involved, of course. So Dennis says... Rewind to the moment when the police say that it was foul play and he just says, okay, 
Yes, and we both caught it. We called it instead of what happened. Oh, my gosh. How could this be? So he was hundreds of miles away at the hotel. Unless, of course, he wasn't. Detective Carter checks out the security cameras from the hotel. And Dennis asks the detective, so you're going through the tapes. When did your bingo moment come up? I feel like he said it before. Or maybe he said bingo. Maybe he's just said the word bingo. I think he's just said bingo. I think he's just bingo. Yeah. Bingo. I love bingo. When did your bingo moment come up? I love that. So Keith left the hotel like he said he did at 11 p.m., but he had said it was just for a quick drink. Instead of coming back quickly, though, on the security cameras, he comes back six and a half hours later. Was that enough time to drive to Kentucky and back? So now we cut to Dennis is in the passenger seat driving with Detective Carter. And at this point, I realize I blew it. And host ride along is not on the bingo cards. And I'm very upset. You didn't blow it. There's two people in this relationship. I could have caught it and told you. I'm sorry. Are you very invested in the bingo cards? I'm mildly invested in the bingo. (laughs) So... Dennis is driving along in a ride along with the cop. Mm -hmm. And so the detective says that if he was driving the speed limit, it would give him 20 minutes to do the murder and set fire to the house. Now, I am 1000% sure that he is not driving the speed limit. No one drives the speed limit at 11 p.m. when there's no one on the freeway or unless that is just a me thing, because I definitely don't drive the speed limit at 11 p.m. when there's no one on the freeway or Ever. ever. Or yeah, ever. You're, you're not really a speed limit person. No, I can't be held back. So they arrest Keith. He pleads not guilty. The family still thinks he had nothing to do with it. And Dennis says to the family, so this is nightmare country. Oh. Which I have not heard him say before and should be a Dateline title. Yeah, I grew yeah. up there. <laughs> <laughs> Central California sorry, no. is nightmare country. I'm sorry. I had a bad I had a bad time of it. I had incredibly strict parents. It wasn't all the town's fault. So the family and the friends are sad to learn that Keith had an affair, but they think it was just a mistake. He didn't do it. So the trial starts and the prosecutor points out not only did he lie about his whereabouts that night because he said he just went for a drink and he was gone for six and a half hours. He also said when he saw the police after the murder that those were the same clothes he had been wearing all night. But He's shown on security footage leaving in his work clothes and coming back in all black. So he totally changed. There's also security footage from a neighbor's house that shows an SUV like his driving into the subdivision right before the fire. They can't prove it's his car, but it looks like it. So wait, he left in one set of clothes and came back in slimming black. (laughs) Yes. Or like you're pretending to be a cat burglar. But remember that. That might become important. Also, who could have gotten past guard dog Cleo R.I.P.? She would have barked and attacked a burglar, but she really loved Keith. And that makes me sick to my stomach. I cannot. I'm really restraining myself, I feel like, because this dog stuff makes me Leah Askey rage. And I times 20,000. I think I'm in shock. I think I'm in full on denial about it. I don't understand why just put them outside yeah it's sick it's sick Did they never go outside i can't 
I don't really get it. Literal flames and actual flames. Literal flames and figurative flames on the side of my face. But this should give you some sort of insight into the pathology here, right? Something is happening that it's a complete wipeout. This Mm -hmm. feels a little like familicide. This feels like that. Yeah. If the sons had been there, the sons would have also gone. I don't know. I just, I would like to see some therapist notes from his psychiatrist. Thank you. Yeah. Most of the time, the prosecutor says motives are either lust or greed. But Keith is not to be outdone. And this has both of them. Lust was Deanna, who she says he was making plans for her to come and visit. And he wanted to introduce her to his dad. What? How is that going to work? Is the dad okay with cheating? What is happening there? His dad is still here. Also, his dad is still here. Maybe he was lying about that, but it does seem like he was planning to build a future with Deanna, or at least he was trying to sell it that way. So we have the lust. Greed is life insurance. There were two policies on Julie worth $250,000, and one of them was put into effect eight days before she died. Oh, boy. Allie, who is Keith's daughter-in-law, she's married to Aaron, Here's the prosecutor's case in the trial and thinks that they have theories and they have facts that support their theory, but they didn't actually prove it. Okay, Allie. So mark off family in denial. For now. Yeah. At least. The defense attorney says they only have circumstantial evidence. There's no DNA or anything. There's nothing that actually proves that he did it. And the defense attorney says that Keith wasn't wanting to build a life with Deanna. What he wanted was a port in every storm, a Clovis in every city, if you will. What does that mean? He just wanted ladies in every city that he would visit, travel to. With Where did he get that idea, though? Because we only have Deanna. Do we have other women? No, but he that's is what that's why he's a defense attorney. Yeah, but I feel like the defense attorney has to put forth like he was also ch- chatting with Janet in Poughkeepsie right. and Margaret in New Orleans. Right. I mean, you have to, right? There's right. got to be some sort of rhyme or reason. You can't just say sentences and right. hope they st- well, apparently you can. You can if you're a defense attorney. Absolutely you can. Yeah. Okay. So, or a prosecutor Leah Askey. So $250,000, the defense attorney says, isn't a lot of money. It's not worth killing over. Check your privilege, sir. That is a lot of money to a lot of people. The reason, though, that he got that recent policy was because a friend had had a recent tragedy in her life and had really pushed them to up their policy. So even... Keith's friends, the Bradleys, say that, yeah, he was like pushed into it by this friend to get that second recent policy. The video on the surveillance footage of the car is too grainy to say if it's his car. Also, if it was his car, why would he drive his recognizable Ford Exposition? No, Expedition? <laughs> it's not Exposition. Like, it's not the this exposition is so and so. John, yeah. he's my brother that I have known for 15 years. Hi, brother John, who happens to be a lawyer who's three <laughs> years younger than me. I don't know. How is your wife, Marlene, who you've been married to for 15 years? Thanks for the exposition, Kimberly. I love exposition. So I love clunky exposition. So I do. It's a favorite thing. If So why would he drive his recognizable Ford expedition to commit the crime? 
It's a really good question. It's a really, really good question. Maybe he thought everyone in his neighborhood had car blindness. Hashtag find a cure. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's just a really common car. I have to say it's not a rare car. Lots of people have that car. Also, I have a rental car now and I'm never going to find my car again. It's a rental and it's a gray. That's all I know about it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to lose it. I don't, it's not, I don't have this car for enough time to learn what it is. There we go. You know. Keith takes the stand. Dennis says, it's roll the dice time, oh, which Dennis. I don't think he said before. I think he's, a, I think he was going through a gambling phase in this. We've had yeah. bingo, roll the dice. Yeah. Yeah. Crap. He never said craps. I wish he had said craps. Oh, craps. Yeah. <laughs> Keith admits on the stand that since he became a traveling salesman, for lawnmowers, he developed a sex addiction. So he was okay. out prowling for women nope. that night for six and a half hours. And Dennis says when he left the hotel, he changed into his man out looking duds because, as he explains on the stand, he didn't want people to equate his job with his carousing. I think we all know that traveling salesmen are all sex addicts. That's what Death of a Salesman was about. I haven't read it in a long time. I might be wrong about that. That's a big statement. I'm sorry. Also, do lawnmower salesmen have a specific outfit they wear that makes them instantly recognizable as a lawnmower salesman? Yeah. But also you can tell by the sex addiction. But what are they wearing out that he needed to change into his club clothes, his clubbing clothes? A button down with a little um, picture of a John Deere tractor on it instead of an alligator logo. They don't sell those. That's not a thing. How do you know they don't make shirts that have tractors on it? They make How, hats what? that say John Deere. They do make hats. I've never seen, sorry, I've never seen a shirt with a tiny embroidered tractor right here, like instead <laughs> of a tiger or an alligator, which is, I'm I assuming, just, what you're trying to that's say. That's because I made it up, but that doesn't mean it can't be real. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean also TM, we can't do it. Or as Dumbledore says, just because it happens in your head, Harry. Why on earth should that mean that it's not real? Are you rereading? No, but I do want to. So do I. So Keith says he went to a massage parlor, a bar and strip clubs hunting for tail. However, he never found a hookup, which is sad. It's also embarrassing to have to admit on the stand. Not only are you out being a gross cheater, you weren't even successful. That's not a correct lie. You see that, right? How are you going to get a date at a massage parlor or a strip club? Because when you go to those two places, you have to pay money. They're just not going to go out with you. Or a bar. Yeah, he might have The bar makes sense. He might have been flashing some money around. But that doesn't mean that one of those women is going to come back to your hotel room with you. Keith. It doesn't like necessarily that's... mean that. Absolutely not. But if he was more charming or better looking, it could happen. Just like it could happen anywhere. I don't think it happens that often unless you're a celebrity. I think that's their job. He is a celebrity traveling lawnmower salesman. Why are you defending him so hard? Just trying to make a joke that lead up to an ad, which is... Oh, I ruined it. Sorry. Now... <laughs> Not only are you out being a gross cheater, you weren't even successful at it. Now you have a sex addiction and low self-esteem. Aww. You have a constellation of ailments, as another host would say. I know something that can help. 
And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Life can be overwhelming and a lot of us are burned out and we might not even know it. You might feel a lack of motivation, feeling helpless or trapped, detachment and fatigue. And I'm not talking about how Keith felt in his marriage. I'm talking about all of you. We associate burnout with work stress, like the extreme stress of being a traveling lawnmower salesman. But any of our roles in life can make us feel burned out. My therapist is helping me work on asking for support and creating structure. And those things help me feel less overwhelmed. I love therapy. I think all of us can use it. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, or even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. BetterHelp is much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash dateline. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash dateline. Because we can all use a little better help. Thank you, BetterHelp. Thank you so much, BetterHelp. Katie, do you have any uh, new podcast suggestions? Maybe something in the con artist milieu? Oh, do I ever. Especially something that's French. This France? Yeah, scams aplenty. Get ready. Picture it. Hundreds of millions of dollars gone. <gasps> Some of the richest people on the planet. Giant companies, banks, all conned out of their fortunes by <gasps> one man. A man that many of his own victims call a genius. Jibel Chicli. Sacre bleu! From Wondery and Pineapple Street Studios comes the new true crime podcast, Persona, the French Deception. The unbelievable story of one of the greatest criminal masterminds of the 21st century. For more than 10 years, Shikli tapped into his victims' deepest fears, appealed to their sizable egos, and ultimately pioneered a scam that took over the world. But his story is more than just a tale of criminal genius. It's a story about the moment we're living in right now. The golden age of scammers and the power of seduction. <gasps> but what happens when the fantasy we've been lured into finally crumbles away? Listen to find out. Follow Persona, the French Deception, wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can listen early on Amazon Music or early and ad-free by subscribing to Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app. Deception. Check it out. That, that sounds, sounds so good. good. I yeah. know. I can't wait. I, oh, I, you know I love a con artist story. I know you do. So according to Keith's story that he tells on the stand... After he struck out with the ladies, he went down to the river to watch the boats, which is a common tool Take they teach to you in sex addiction therapy. Go watch the boats. I was joking. What were you singing? Take me to the river. Isn't that a song? Take me to the river. Are you singing Billy the Big Mouth Bass? What he sings the song? <laughs> That's the song that Billy the Big Mouth Bat songs. No. He, he like turns and goes, Take me to the river. That, that is this song I'm singing. Yes. That is. You're singing yeah. Billy the Big Mouth Bat. Yeah. Good for That's you. Good callback. Thank you. But I think it's a real song. It is definitely a real song. Okay. <laughs> and it's the stupidest reference I could have made. But <laughs> So he went down to the river to watch the boats and the funniest part, there's a bailiff sitting behind him who has 
poker face the whole time he's talking about going to check out the chicks six and a half hours of cruising and watching the boat. So bailiff has no emotion, which is why I could never be a bailiff because I would be laughing and my mouth would look like Billy the Bass, just wide open, just looking back and forth. Did he just say boats? Okay. So the jury is hung after six hours, which is not enough time. Thank you, ma'am. Send them back. They just want to go. What happened there? That's not, I don't like when they do that. That is not enough time. Now you're going to spend thousands and thousands of dollars of the county's money on another trial because you guys couldn't just talk about it for a couple more hours? Calm down. Okay. Calm Calm down, Kimberly. I'm talking to myself. I don't feel like you should be able to, you need to, we've talked about this before. It needs to be at least 24 hours. I agree. Also, he was gone for six and a half hours looking for Clovis. You can deliberate at least that long, okay? So he waits in jail for his second trial. And (laughs) this is when I noticed that the county that he's being tried in is McCracken, which I found very... Release McCracken. There we go. (laughs) That was funny. So after the trial, Keith's son, Zach, now has doubts, said like Meryl Streep in the movie Doubt. Zach says, you know, my dad has never gone cruising before or watching the boats before. And that's what he said he was doing. I don't buy it. Now, I love Zach. I should say I absolutely love Zach. And not just because his coming out story was not good. And I want to hug him like a mother hen. I just think he's adorable. But he is not with his dad when he's on those long haul tractor sales jobs. So he doesn't really know what he does on those trips. That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. I would understand more if he had said it was just a feeling that I got that right. he wasn't telling the truth. That would make more sense rather what than- What if he had said like, he's allergic to boats? <laughs> Something like it couldn't right. be true. He'd had a boating accident as a right. boy and yeah. he never went to the river. He loathed a river. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. So after months of thinking, Zach writes his dad a letter in prison and says, I think you did it. Don't ever contact me again. And Dennis says, wow, dear dad, you are dead to me. (laughs) (laughs) He's so blunt and it makes me like that. I can't. It makes me so happy how blunt he is. Also, the alliteration, too, was just very poetic. It was, Dear Dad, you are dead to me. Good job. But he says it so nice. He's like, so, dear Dad, you are dead to me. Just so polite, like he's having a conversation about toast. It's how Dennis gets away with everything, because everything that Dennis said, he's the twinkliest person I've ever seen in real life. Even when you meet him, he's twinkly. He's like a twinkly bear. (laughs) Like a bear that came to Teddy Ruxman that came to life with all the good stuff. He's adorable. So no one is offended when he's super blunt. I love it. He does everything with a little bit of a, with a little bit of a, but we're friends, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yes, Dennis, we're friends. He never disappoints. Never. So daughter-in-law Allie is also starting to think that Keith did it. However, her husband, Aaron, still thinks that he's innocent. Uh, A few months. knew that was going to be hard. Yeah. A few months before the second trial, the detective gets a call from the jail. An inmate has info about Keith. And it's big info. 
We're not doing another snitch cycle here. I can't. I was upset. Snitch circle J. How often is this? How often is the snitching? I got to make sure Jailhouse Informant is on the bingo cards. I'm 90% positive it is because it does happen a lot. But usually they say things like, they confessed to me. This time, the informant contacts the detective and says, yo, Detective Carter, Keith is trying to have you murdered. What good would that do? There's other detectives, right? There's 1,000%. It's not like the second trial is not going to happen if Detective Carter is dead. He wrote files down. There are notes. So Was it just vengeful? Maybe just vengeful. So who knows what it's going through his head. Sure. So he had tried to hire a hitman. He had drawn a map of Detective Carter's house. Unsure how he knows the layout of Detective Carter's house. We don't... I was confused about that. And when the informant says, well, what if the detective's family is home? Keith said one word, tragedy. When the family family is gone, gone, it can't go on, it's tragedy. tragedy. (laughs) (laughs) How cold is that? He doesn't care if the kids are there, his wife is there. Tragedy. So Dennis says, it makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up. And the detective agrees. And I was excited because finally a dentism that I have heard of. So <laughs> this news about the hit finally makes Aaron realize that his dad did it. And Dennis says, oh, you finally came down on the side of, oh, my God, my father killed my mother. Oh, Dennis. <laughs> Dennis. What's going on? So now Aaron writes a letter to his dad in prison. Letter writing to your father in prison is really a lost art. And I'm glad that these boys are making it a comeback. Aaron tells his dad, you need to confess. I believe that you did this and it's time to come clean. And he actually does. Keith's lawyer works at a deal. He gets 30 years in prison for a confession to the murder and confessing that he wanted to do that potential hit on the detective. So he admits in court that he killed Julie. He says, there's no excuse. She was my best friend. I don't know what happened to me. And his family and friends are obviously devastated by the betrayal. Dennis sits down with Keith in prison. Wow. He again says, I don't even know what happened to me. I don't know why I did it. I was having bad thoughts. Were you surprised? Yeah. We don't usually get a confession. I was surprised that he also sat down for an interview. This whole thing was kind of shocking to me. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. And he's being so vague about it. He's almost talking about it like another person did it. I thought he was going to say it was another part of his personality. It wasn't Keith. It was Gleeth that did it. And Geith killed um, my wife. And Geith wanted to kill that detective. And Geith goes trolling and watch- loves boats. I hate boats, but Geith loves boats. You felt like he was being, what part made you feel like he was being vague? I don't know why I did it. I don't know what happened to me. I can't even explain why. It's like he has no, he's not, he's kind of not taking accountability by never giving a reason. He never gives a reason. It's very detached. I kind of bought it. I do too. But I think that he's. I don't know if he's doing it to not take responsibility. He took responsibility. He pled guilty. I don't know if he honestly knows. I think that this is like breakdown. It's possible. Nervous breakdown. Midlife crisis gone haywire. 
Well, so Dennis says, was this a kind of delayed midlife crisis and you want to be with Diana to have a final happy chapter in your life? By the way, in that one sentence, Dennis calls him old twice. And I loved it. Is that a delayed midlife crisis where you want a final happy chapter in your life? We get it, Dennis. He's old. Uh, I loved it. Keith says, no, I wasn't looking for a final happy chapter. I was happy with Julie. And Dennis says, do you see how perplexing and confounding that sounds? And he says, yeah, I agree. I can't even believe what I did. It was Keith. I think he honestly had one of those things where you have that brain snap where you're all of a sudden something happened around him that he's faced with his own mortality and it just makes him do something bananas. So wait, you think think it was a spur of the moment decision? No, I I think this was all together. I think the lap band surgery, I think a bunch of stuff that happened all in a row was like, I got to make a change. I'm not going to live forever. And so I have to do all this stuff now before I die. And no, I don't want to still be married. I want a younger wife and I want this and I want a new house and I want to start over because but the those kids are, are reasons. Those are reasons. And he won't admit that those are the reasons. I don't think without help getting there he would be able to formulate that that's what it was this is my guess of what was actually going on in his head which i don't think he's been able to figure out that that's what happened interesting that it's all tied to the same this is just me wildly speculating about his brain status at the time yeah but you don't believe it was like a full psychosis you believe he remembers what he did Oh, no, I know he knows what he did. I think it all built up. And then all of a sudden, it's like, I'm committing this murder because I have to do all this. It's why he kind of didn't consider divorce. It's why the friends and everyone are confused. The family didn't see any of this before. I think also the story about him going to cruising and going to the massage parlor and the strip club and the bars and the boats. I think that story was true. It just didn't happen that night. I think oh, he yeah. did that I think mul- he's many done times. That. I think so, So too. I think the kids don't know who this new geeth is. Yes. To use your term. You know? Maybe he I has think that's a brain tumor. And it's it. making him act totally erratically. And yes. Geith is the brain tumor. Dennis I says, how about a divorce? And he says, it never crossed my mind. See, that's... Geith wanted a divorce, <laughs> but I didn't. He's not saying it in a belie- in a not believable way either. When he's talking, he's being pretty sincere, it seems. But I could be wrong. I pe- other people are probably going to completely disagree with me. You might totally disagree with me. I don't know if I agree, but you're usually a better read of people than I am. So I'm hesitant to believe. I'm not hesitant. I'm hesitant to believe myself. And I'm more likely to go with you on this. I don't know. I think that people are going to say I'm giving him too much credit. But I just, maybe it came out of nowhere, but this is a very strange series of events. Mm-hmm. But and we see the, it on Dateline all the time. And family side, what I was talking about before is a very specific kind of murder because right. you, the wiping, not letting the dogs out of the house actually says a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah, because that's I did believe him on the stand when he said, no, I love those dogs. He was horrified that he had done that. Right. Know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. No, I totally do. I do see what okay. you're saying. And this next part, he said, as he was driving away from the house, he instantly regretted it. He was filled with regret. He was crying. 
and he drove 100 miles an hour hoping to get caught. Which yeah, I kind of believe that, too. I can kind of believe, although you did say you were not guilty and went through a whole murder trial. I think he did you all of that stuff way earlier. because his sons still believed him. I yeah, think if maybe. his sons had backed off before, he would have gone with the not with the guilty before. Yeah, maybe. Once Aaron confronted him, that was it for him. Yeah, He was yeah. like, no, in order to get my sons back, I have to stop fighting this. Yeah. He said he's ready to die in prison. He has nothing to live for except forgiveness. And Dennis says, from who? Dennis. <laughs> Dennis. The guy that works at Taco Bell down the street. Who do you think, Dennis? The sons. Aww. I oh, love Dennis. you, man. You're hilarious. So <laughs> that's why he says he's on Dateline is so he can talk and get the forgiveness from him, from the sons. And Dennis says, well, it's between you and them, but I'll tell you my take on it. You've got some distance to make up, which is so nice. And Dennis could have said it. There isn't a chance in double H.E. hockey sticks that they are ever talking to you again. But he's like. You have some distance to make up, my friend. He's it was so a nice. very nice way to put that. Good job, He's Dennis. So yeah. nice. Aaron and Zach are now closer than ever. They're focusing on remembering the happy memories of NASCAR Nana. Oh, good. Yeah. Good, good, good. This episode is dedicated to Emily G from Maryland and Jacqueline F from Minnesota. That was not good. Minis- I can't do it. I can't do it. Just the word Minnesota. I have to talk the whole thing like I'm from Minnesota. I'm not going to because Emily's from Maryland and I don't know how people from Maryland talk. They have a very specific accent as well and I can't do that. So we'll just do it in our normal accents. Thank you so much, ladies. But I do love a New England accent and one day I hope to learn it like Jessica Fletcher. No, like Frazier. Thank you, Emily and Jacqueline. We love you. We appreciate you. This podcast could not continue without you. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And it, Thank I know you it doesn't so sound much. like it because I'm not good at sounding serious. But I mean it in all seriousness. I just want to stand on a river dock and look at you like he was looking at the boats on another night that wasn't this night of the murder. That sounds really, really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> sounds not good. I'm going to get my binoculars out and look across the river. Nope. At you thank on you. the other side just of the shore. Big, just a big thank you. All right. B-roll <laughs> bonanza. I had so much B-roll bonanza. Oh, great. It was just filled with classic B-roll bonanzas. The friend Temple, love Temple, reading a magazine with a cup of tea. I thought you left them out on purpose because they're like a major part of this and you talked I about I just them said twice. friends a couple times. I said they're friends. We didn't have that many interviews. Yeah, no. They were kind of the main ones. And the children, yeah. Craig Temple and Allie, the the wife. Allie is Aaron's wife. Craig, Aaron's wife. Craig and Temple, yeah, and Allie, yeah. They were very uh, fancy golf people. Yeah. Also, they got a ton of B-roll. So she's reading a magazine yeah. with a cup of tea. He's wearing a visor looking out at nothing. Later, they're walking hand in hand, and he's wearing a different visor. He loves a visor. Golf. 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 Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, Full that makes golf perfect gear. sense. Yeah. Zach drinking coffee, looking out a window. In uh, his beautiful apartment or house or condo, whatever it is. Lovely. Yes. Deanna sitting at a bar texting and drinking wine. There's also mm. that generic B-roll, which is sexy time B-roll, where there's candles and wine mm. and maybe yeah. rose petals. 
and yeah. you hear like boom chickalaka music. Brown chicka brown cow. That one. No, it's more like sensual R and B type music. Is what I'm like a saxophone. Saxophone. That's what I'm picturing. There we go. Yeah, Keith's mugshot. He has. He's wearing readers, or his glasses yeah. are just very low on his nose, like Albus Dumbledore. He's looking down upon you like a snooty professor. In his do they shot. have you do that in a mugshot to see your eyes if they're too reflective in the lens? I've seen Wouldn't people they have with you glasses. take them off then? That's what I thought. Why didn't they have him remove his readers? I thought it was more like he's handcuffed. His glasses have fallen down and it's so annoying if you're handcuffed behind your oh, back. Yeah. You can't push up your glasses. Gonna... It's like if you have an itch on your face and you're handcuffed behind your back. That's got to be incredibly frustrating. That's the way you should torture prisoners. It, now, I don't believe in torturing prisoners. I feel like I just endorsed that and I don't. But if you, I was going to endorse it, you would. And I don't at all. Just like Let's just stop face the sentence. With yep, feathers. Got it. Got so, it. Bradley's walking, holding hands, Aaron and his wife walking, holding hands, and Aaron driving, classic, mm-hmm. Aaron and Zach and his wife at a bar, just hanging out. I thought that was cute. That and was then really cute. My favorite, which I don't think was supposed to be cute, was there's crime scene tape all around the house, which is very sad, but they, someone- Oh, go ahead. I was going to see if it was the same thing I had. Really? Go ahead. Yeah, it's not. Someone has taken the crime scene tape- and wrapped it around this statue they have of a little man that I think is a golfer, a little man golfing, around his neck like a scarf. Oh, on accident? I can't tell it's because they didn't have anything better to put it on, but it does look very jaunty. I don't think they were doing it to be impolite or tacky at a serious murder scene, but it was kind of funny to me out of context. Hmm. What was your B-roll that you thought I might have the same one as you? The G mailbox. Yes. Lovely. Decorated. I it was really cute. Yeah. So decorated. Cute. Like paint, maybe hand painted or they bought from Etsy or something. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Yeah. Anything else that I missed? Oh, no. You did them all. <laughs> <laughs> no. There were so many B-rolls. <laughs> so I did have a Brands Unhappy being on Dateline and are now associated with murder. We see a close-up shot of the Met Life policies that they had mm-hmm. when they're talking about the life insurance. Mm-hmm. And guess who's on them? Who? Your best friend. Your favorite cartoon character. Oh, I know Snoop Snoopy. Snoop Dogg. <laughs> the act the original I was Snoop gonna Dogg. call him I was gonna call him Snoops. Sorry. Snoops. Snoop Double yes. G. Snoopy well, you was the I don't know if he still is, the Met Life. He- I think he is. I think Still he always is. is. He's not happy to be Charles Schultz estate is not happy that they did that close up of Snoopy on the MetLife insurance policies. They're absolutely fine with it because Snoopy, well, Snoopy doesn't need any publicity. Snoopy is on a Gucci sweater, so he's fine. <laughs> or Woodstock is at the very least. I was <laughs> shocked. I had a quote that I think... I don't know if you, I had a couple actually that maybe you missed from Detective Carter who says, that's right, it was a who did it crime. I couldn't, it made it's a, me like it's a have a tick. It. Yeah, he didn't say that though. He said, it's a who did it crime. It turns into a who did it crime. I don't like that. That no, makes my I, teeth itch. It was a little rough. Did you get Dennis saying, how, how hard was that when he was talking to Zach? He says, how hard was that? What happened to your mom? And you'd been sideways with her. Oh, because they've been fighting. 
Yeah, he's such a gumshoe. I love it. You'd been sideways with her. I'm going to use that one in my daily life because I like it. I love that. Fashion police. Yeah. Zach is adorable. Oh, wait, really quick. I did want to talk. I don't know how hard you went into the gun. I don't remember if you went into the gun really hard that he. I did not. He had a gun in his truck. But we do find out that that. Did you talk about that? No, but you found it very interesting. No, just that there was a, we never found out what the gun that shot her. It wasn't the gun in his truck. We never found another gun. And he said he didn't have any other guns. But then at the crime scene, they talked about how it wasn't a burglary because there were all of these guns at the house. I don't think he said he didn't have any other guns. He did. He said, they said in the interview, do you have any guns? And he goes, oh, I just got one. It's in my car, though. It's in my car. It's never even been loaded. Well, then he was totally lying. Right. Because he has lots of guns. Right. They show us all the rifles. So, and I don't know if maybe they said, do you have a handgun? And he only owned one handgun? Because all the guns we're seeing in the picture that were in the home were rifle type hunting guns. So I don't know. But that was just a, it was a weird kind of, we all sort of knew he did it from the beginning, but it was definitely, it was an odd moment. Mm. The guns. Anyways, yeah, the fashion police, I said Matt, Detective Carter looked like a senator in his interview very much because he had a little American flag and an American flag pen. Yeah. he's. I wonder if he's running for office or if he is currently in office as something. Yeah, I could see. He looked like it. Zach is very cute. Clear glasses, frames, seafoam green sweater. Yes, I loved liked it. Zach very much. I liked Craig. actually. I liked Aaron as well, and Allie. I liked the entire yeah. family. This Allie must has be... a nose ring. Yeah, I loved her. I think this must be horrendous for them. Oh yeah. Also, I'm sorry. The other woman's name is Temple Bradley. Yeah, I know. It's the best name. It's such a good name. She should be a '20s movie star or a horse trainer. Are you thinking about Temple? I sure am. The one that I sure am. Claire Danes was. I'd like to strike played. that from the record. I'd like to strike <laughs> that. Move to strike. And Craig is wearing dad core. Sorry. He's wearing khaki shorts and a white polo. Golf core. Golf core. Yeah. For, uh, these are golf people. Yeah. Okay. Titles. Okay. Some. I'm going to start with my bad ones. Deanna yep. the middle aged witch. And that's only because she put a spell on Keith. Not because oh. she's a witch. I think she seems great. Keith. The biggest loser, because he lost all that weight, but also mm-hmm. he's a loser. I told you they started off bad. Now I'll get to my good ones. Okay. McCracken the case. Mm-hmm. Death of a salesman's alibi. Oh, that's great. Nice mm-hmm. one. And no chance for Cleo. It's <laughs> <laughs> only longtime listeners of our show will recognize. Not that, that long. Means. It was like a year ago. It was like a year ago, yeah. Hashtag please forget. Hashtag, I'll never forget. It's my favorite moment of the podcast. I need you to forget. Okay. I need Cam, the brilliant artist of two of his favorite moments of our show. That is my favorite moment of the show, Cam, if I could put in a request. It's a chance for Kaylee. Don't do it, Cam. Cam. Don't do it. You know Cam, you want to do, do it. it. Come on. Cam, don't do it. Don't waste your precious time on that garbage. Don't do that. <laughs> you, your time is more valuable than that, than my mockery. But if, if it's between that and Umpire, please do that one. Okay, here we go. I did, I don't know why I wrote primal carousing. I don't know where I was going with that. Well, what he said that? carousing, but right? what is primal? And, 
No idea. I'm just saying it out loud in hopes that it meant something that I'm for like you'll don't think it. of it. No, okay, great. So it didn't make sense. Okay. Here we go. Waiting for his ship to come in. <laughs> it is true. I'm writing a letter to daddy. You're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> that was sad. And then my number one title, which I feel like might be actual title. It could be good. The grass is always greener. Because of the mowing. Because of the mowing and because he wanted a different life. See, Mm -hmm. it worked. It works on two levels. Uh Yeah. No, it works. Yeah. I love it. Thank you, everybody. We can't thank you enough. We recently had our fifth year anniversary, and that's only because of you guys. So we really, really appreciate it follow us on social media check out our patreon our last month's episode was a cheat date it was on a 48 hours two-parter it was bananas the craziest story it was wild so check that out we also do 90 day fiance recaps and a lot of fun stuff and yeah follow us on social media and be your own lawnmower be your own boat that someone is waiting to come in be your best dentist this week We've okay. had two really strong Dennis's in a row. Just what would Dennis do? And remember, what would Dennis? No, not even what would Dennis do. What would Dennis say? What would Dennis say? Yep. I feel, I feel like our lives would just be so much more fun if we WWDS. Yep. If we had Dennis's brain. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to put that on a shirt. WWDS. Yes. But well, lastly, I do want to give a piece of advice. You've got a Keith on one shoulder, and you've got a Geith on the other shoulder. Oh my God, you're going to make that stick. <laughs> Go with Keith. Don't listen to that Keith. He's trying to steer you in the wrong direction. Oh, stop trying to make Keith happen. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Was he oh. six hours away? Six? No, no, no. He was in another state, but he was a f- couple hours away. No, sorry. He was several hours away. He was, let me do the math. You're right. He was about six hours away. No, you're totally right. No, he was three hours away. You're right. Three hours away. Let's start that whole part over because we sound really dumb. I'm putting this all at the end. He was two and (laughs) he was two and a half hours away. If you're traveling two and a half to three hours, 60 miles an hour on a two lane highway. Train A (laughs) and train B. (laughs) Pull into the station at 1143 a.m. When they pull out at 12.07 p.m. What color hat are you wearing? Do you love when it's like that? Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, what color hat? Are you freaking kidding me? SAT people trying to trick me? I hate them. So, start that over. You've never heard the river? How about, I wish I had a river so so No, there's a lots of songs. There's lots of river songs. Let the river run. I can just do you want to do them all? Just do every (laughs) single one. Take me to the river. Wash me down. Wash me down. When I went down in the river to pray. Sunny and about those good old days and who shall the snowy clown good lord show me the way deep and wide deep and wide there's a <laughs> flowing deep and wide all right that's fine okay so 
comment below with all the river songs that we missed. Thanks. Okay. I have confirmation. It is. Did you make it home okay? Which in your mind is more is very seductive. Uh, oh, it's no. more lighthearted. Did you get home okay? Just it's a little more serious. Did you make it home okay? Just touching base. Just checking in. Did you make it home okay? After completing that murder? See, it's all in how you say it or what the dot, dot, no, dot is after. Because if you were asking me that question, you'd be like, Katie, did you get home okay? I think I might say, did you make it home okay after the tornado was in your house? No, I like, think you'd say, did you get home okay after the tornado? Not, did you make it home okay after the tornado? People are going to kill us. These did are the kind you of make it home okay? I heard there was a lion that escaped from the zoo near you. I would say, did you make it home okay? Because of the lion. Then maybe you would just never say get. Maybe you would just say make maybe it I'm all the time. Maybe I'm just a make it person maybe and not you're a get a, person. Maybe you and Deanna Jane. Z- is it Deanna? Sorry, it's thrown me off. There's an Jane's. S at the end of her name? Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. that's just... Okay. I don't know. But okay. I feel like this is Gonna lighthearted. Gonna need some people in the comments to let us know what you think about this situation. And are you a more a make it? Are you a make it person or a get person? Wait, but do you think it's not lighthearted then? I have no idea. I really don't think there's much of a difference. I think I'm inherently a get person. A get, did you get home? Because make it, to me, implies like a motherly, it's more like how a cheerful Midwestern mom would talk. That's exactly right. Oh, so you, okay, so I'm agreeing with you. It's more lighthearted. I just feel like the person who says it is more. But get home is a little bit more serious. Well, I am not very warm or lighthearted, so that makes sense that I would say get home. That all checks out. Yeah, and Joni would say make it home. Sweetie. Yes, she would. Dolly, Bumblebee Tuna. Yeah. And I probably would not text. So, (laughs) solved.